I remembered something I'd once read. That a representative owes the people not only his industry, but his judgment. And he betrays them if he sacrifices it to their opinion. That was written by Edmund Burke, a member of the British Parliament. Let it be known that British liberties are not the grants of princes or parliaments. That many of our rights are inherent and essential, agreed on as maxims and established as preliminaries even before parliament existed. We have a right to them, derived from our maker. That is liberty, and liberty will reign in America. As for me, give me liberty, oh, give me death. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The Constitution is not some list of the limited rights that the people have, because in our system, the government is limited, and the people's rights are limitless. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. My fellow citizens of the world, ask not what America will do for you, but what together we can do for the freedom of man. Fritzcast. Fritzcast.wordpress.com for the blog. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday, May 8th, 2017, and this is another edition of the Fritzcast. How are you all doing? We had a pretty rainy weekend in Delaware, and uh, I had to I had to write a blog entry. I actually posted something on my personal Facebook page for those of you who uh, are directly friends with me and, and all that. Friday was the funeral for Corporal Stephen Ballard, the uh, the murdered Delaware State Trooper uh, from last week's episode. Uh, I believe I mentioned that story and talked about that and I actually have written two blog posts directly uh, surrounding the Stephen Ballard situation Not because it hits close to home I come from a police family so I mean before everybody thinks I'm gung-ho about being pro-police in every single like no police officer can lie that type of thing I mean that's obviously dead wrong but we're talking my father was Wilmington Police Department for, I believe, full, fully 20 years, if not more. Uh, and even a small town, I even served on the small town police force as well for a little while. Uh, my older brother is a police officer. You know, you could almost say directly followed in my father's footsteps. And then, of course, there's me, the uh, the corrections child, the guy that decided to go to jail on the other side of the bars and you know, for messed up reasons, one one or another. Um, that might seem odd to some of you who 
are listening to a podcast where a guy sits here like me and talks about all these liberties and pro-liberty and and maximum freedom and minimum government. But at the end of the day, uh, when I talk about libertarianism and, and where I stand on the political spectrum of things, it's it's evolving constantly, as it should. But at the core, I believe that government needs to be limited. And I believe that your rights, much like you heard in the quote in the beginning, I don't know if you could hear it towards the end, it, the music's kind of loud and it's, you have to listen hard, but uh, the Constitution doesn't say that these are the limited rights of the people. These are the limit. These are the limited rights of the government, and the people's rights are limitless. That type of thing. That being said, when when you talk on the political spectrums and libertarianism and, and things like that, I'm not that libertarian that sits there and says there absolutely should be no shade of government whatsoever. I am not an anarchist. By any stretch of the imagination, government, whether you like it or not, is a necessity. It is a necessary evil to a degree. And at the end of the day, when you're talking about personal freedoms, at, at the core of people's personal freedoms are things like their right to life, their right to liberty, their right to pursue happiness. Not, not be given happiness, not guaranteed happiness, but their right to pursue happiness. And actually, the original quoting before it was amended for things like the Declaration of Independence to be put on paper and all that, the original quote that was going around and that people had an idea was life, liberty, and property. A person's property. You can't commit crimes against a person's life, liberty, or their property. If those are your core values, if you believe people have the right to life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, and property then there's no way you can you can there's no way that you can't have a police force of some kind but i'm dragging things out sorry this is what happens i i i get caught up in other things when a police officer is just murdered out of the blue and and that's the thing too we have to stop saying words like killed oh he got killed this guy got killed this guy killed that guy murdered is a stronger word I believe, anyway. And when a cop gets murdered, when a police officer gets murdered, a law enforcement officer, because, uh, again, being in corrections, I hate when people say prison guards. Uh, it's it's kind of disparaging, just because, you know, you hear, listen to the phrase, uh, oh, a guard got killed, and then a correctional sergeant got murdered. Which one sounds a little more powerful? Okay. So there's that. When somebody gets murdered for that, for merely just wearing a uniform, and when people start seeing people as only wearing uniforms and badges and carrying around authority, and they blanket statement all individuals to be some kind of monstrous, you know, abuser of authority, is dangerous. I think it's dangerous. And and But you have these situations like Corporal Stephen Ballard, who literally... You're talking about, it's not your, your stereotypical, there was a struggle, and amidst that struggle, uh, the suspect pulled out a weapon and shot the cop, which still, by the way, uh, in most cases, I would argue, is not okay. It's not okay for a police to just up and shoot somebody, like, for instance, the guy in Dallas, 
who ended up shooting his rifle into a car, killing a young black teenager. That And there was nothing, there was no reason that it should have happened whatsoever. And it took the police department far too long to fire that man, and they gave him the opportunity to turn himself in when he should have been arrested on the spot. Those type of things. Again, I'm getting ahead of myself. Everybody needs to take things on individual basis. Because each individual, like, nothing falls into a blanket anymore in this day and age. Nor should it. The point being, Corporal Stephen Ballard lost his life to senseless violence at the hands of a bad person with a gun. Now, that's not a call for gun control. That's not a call for for any of that. It's literally just, can we all get on the same page here that whether or not you like how the policing and how law enforcement's going in the nation right now, that that is uncalled for? Can we get to that basis? Can we get to the basis that a man wearing a uniform lost his life in a very unfair, uncalled for, unwarranted way? I don't get how the world overcomplicates things to such an insane degree. Because that's all that happened in this incident is you had a a, a pretty much a deplorable individual. And I can't believe that people are still triumphing around with the word deplorable, calling themselves the deplorables following Donald Trump and all that bull crap. And we'll get to that later in this conversation. Why can't we all get on that same page that this was an injustice? It's uh, And I think most people do. I think most people would look at it and most people who've heard the story and most people who've read and watched the coverage and know what happened and what went on, I think most people think that that man, that human being, uh, came to a very um, unworthy end. I think that's what most people do. Thanks to social media, like I found that there are trolls and heartless people and stupid people and people who just genuinely lack even a base layer of humanity, or at least put up a show on the internet because they think it's funny, which means that you lack that base layer of humanity. It's a reflection of yourself, if you ask me. So I ended up writing these two blog posts. One of them was, the first one was how I don't understand the senselessness of of the world sometimes. And I even included the fact that the local news here covered the story of um of a teenage girl, a black teenage girl in the city of Wilmington who got shot and killed and nobody knows anything, nobody saw it happen. That type of thing. And I said that that's an injustice too. Both of them are are, you know, horrible events that are happening and why is all this happening? And 
So needless to say, I've drug on now. It's been like 12 minutes. Friday, well, Friday was the funeral services of Corporal Stephen Ballard, and my department, the higher-ups in my department, started asking around who wants to attend the funeral services to represent the Delaware Department of Corrections. Now, if you go and read my article on fritzcast.wordpress.com, and some people already have and have already given feedback, and I appreciate you for that, you'll get the more in-depth story of it. But we all went in our short sleeve shirts, in our duty uniform, kind of feeling, for lack of better term, like slapped asses because we're not wearing true, presentable, class A dress wear at a funeral. And we didn't have raincoats. And we didn't have hats. And the rain was pouring down. But I would not trade that five hours or so that I got to stand with with the men and women I work with in the Department of Correction to stand there bearing uniforms with our insignia and our badges to see that great outpouring of respect from the law enforcement community and from the Delaware general public from from citizens citizens who would line the streets with their thin blue lines and just just to see the procession and just to think on it for a minute but for me to stand in the rain on a cold windy and I mean really just a, a I mean, we're talking heavens open up, buckets full of water. I think I could have only got more soaked if I was standing under Niagara Falls, to say the least. I'm proud I had that moment to salute. I'm proud I had that moment to be a part of a pass-through and salute the flag-draped casket of Corporal Stephen Ballard. It was truly it was truly a good moment and I felt I needed to pay it back on behalf of my department for how Delaware law enforcement first responders here paid us the respect when we had our great moment of need. So that was a great experience and you can read more about that on the blog. Now, this past week other than other than that, you know, the the torrential rains and and the <laughs> it wasn't a crappy weekend. It was actually a pretty good weekend. Me and my wife actually visited a local butcher shop. She's trying to, and I guess you could say me too. I guess I'm trying to support it too. Trying to get the dogs on and like a, a a raw diet away from the uh, away from the processed dog food because of the dog food that you can buy at the store in a bag in those little bite-sized pieces is mostly filler, not actually very healthy for your pets. So we're trying to, you know, research and figure out how much it would uh how much we'd have to put into making an all-natural diet, buying, you know, slabs of meat and giving it to, you know, feeding them raw and cooking up rice and other things and switching up their diet like that. So 
we went to several different places and, and butcher shops, or what I thought were quote-unquote butcher shops. One of the ones we went to wasn't even a butcher shop. It offered, I guess, organic meat or, you know, non, non-GMO-fed or, or whatever, wh- however you want to call it. Pro- I didn't... The shop was like going into an organic grocery shop. Like, everything is overpriced. Everything is, uh, it's a big immaculate store. Everything's overpriced. Uh, you know, you'd have to buy one apple, one apple by itself for, you know, probably like a dollar twenty-five, versus buying a pound of apples at ninety-nine cents a pound or whatever. You know, something like that. When you go in there and you see a watermelon that's sliced in half and it's already wrapped in in plastic wrap and they're like, yeah, it's $5. No, 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 I don't think so. I can grow one in the backyard for free. Needless to say, we did find an actual butcher shop, though. And it was cool going in there. It was very different because I had never been into a butcher shop. And the guy behind the counter was funny as hell because we were like, hey... We're looking for a butcher shop. We're researching and uh, trying to figure things out because uh, we want to buy our we want to buy fresher meats for ourselves, but we also want to get our dogs on a diet. And the guy said, "Hey, congrats! You found a butcher shop." Ha 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 ha! I love the humor. So it's something that we looked into, we researched, and we might actually, you know, be doing. Um, nothing else really happened uh, this week that was eventful, except hear that I have something in my hands here. I'm going to end up writing, I'm pretty sure I'm going to end up writing a blog. I like being able to balance podcast and blog. It's cool. But I'm holding in my hand right here, uh, (laughs) my bachelor's degree from Colorado State University system. Uh, I I talked about this before on the podcast throughout the last year. Uh, I've been attending Colorado State University and their online degree program, uh, which is directly in line with the Colorado State University system. And this is my Bachelor of Science in Communications, and this is this is quite the accomplishment, man. It, it, it is a beautiful little... I'll post it up for sure. Not on this, though, because I have to upload the picture or white out my full government name so that you don't know who I am. Uh, because <laughs> I have a traditional Irish Catholic name. Shut up. This is really cool to look at, though. It's really cool to hold this, man. It's got a seal on it. Uh, it's got gold lettering. It's it's cool. It's really cool. I need to do something with it. <laughs> I really do. I need to do something with it, other than try to promote to lieutenant, which I just put an app in for. But that's beside the point. It's cool getting your bachelor's degree. I'll I'll expect I'll expound on that later. I don't want to do it right now because it's been like twenty minutes of me rambling. But. There is a lot of talent standing behind me. An unbelievable amount of talent. That I can tell you. I mean it. And, you know, coming from a different world and only being a politician for a short period of time, how am I doing? Am I doing okay? I'm president. Hey, I'm president. Can you believe it, right? I don't know. I thought you needed a little bit more, more time, they always told me. More time, but we didn't. That's right, Mr. Deplorable himself. I'm, I'm, I'm president. Can you believe it? I'm president, and uh, here we are. We just, uh, the president of the United States and uh, 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 
busload of House Republicans went to the White House immediately following the House vote on the uh, AHCA, the American Health Care Act, which I thought was deadened in the water. Remember when they first came out with it and everybody was like, yeah, this is literally just uh, the AHCA with um, a couple of different changes and rewordings and just uh, Trump's stamp of approval. They called it Trump Care and Ryan Care. And it went down like it went down like a plane without jet fuel. Pretty much. It uh, <laughs> crash and burn is uh, and that's putting it lightly. I don't know how this creeped back up. I didn't see this creeping back up and coming up. I just kind of... Maybe it was because I was working too much overtime last week. I just... Uh, all of a sudden, I was listening to Glenn Becker. I forget who I was listening to. I was listening to one of the radio programs live. And they were just like, Oh, hey, and by the way, the uh, the House just narrowly passed the uh, the AHCA. And I was like, Wait, what? That That's still a thing? That, that, that thing that we all said was garbage? People who hate the ACA think the HCA is even more garbage. Can you believe that? Put that through your thick skull for one minute. The AHCA passes the house. Now, let's take a step back because the internet blew up in both directions. Um, Number one, it passed the house, not the Senate. It's actually expected to fail miserably in the Senate, but even so, even so. A bunch of people rushed to Twitter, Facebook about how people are going to start dying in the streets now. That they sent us, that they sentenced twenty some million people to death, and and all this other, for lack of better terms, rhetoric. Okay. Uh, there, there's that aspect of it. There's the aspect that the House Republicans all bust down to the White House to drink cheap beer. And celebrate the fact that you played one freaking quarter of a game. That's that's what this was. Like, Reince Priebus, mind you, was quoted saying something like, The president helped us punt the ball for the touchdown. Or some, sh- or some stupid bull. Because Reince Priebus, Priebus has no clue what sports is. That's, I guess. I guess. You celebrate you celebrate on that level. And and that's the other thing too. It's kind of deplorable that you would go celebrate uh, such an event that like it doesn't matter what the consequences of those actions are to any of those people. They're, they're to none of them. None of them. So you're going to go rush and celebrate that you passed it by a handful of votes. And it's not even going anywhere yet. It just goes before the Senate. Who does that? Who celebrates? That's like, that's literally like bowling a strike on frame one. Acting like you bowled a 300 game. Like, woo, bam, got it. Woo, best game of bowling I ever played ever. You still have nine frames to go. Dummy. The hell. Now, uh, Libertarian Chairman Nicholas Sarwark uh, replied to, to this, released a statement saying, Dear Libertarian, Paul Ryan and the Republican establishment celebrated over Bud Light the narrow passage of the AHCA in the White House Rose Garden. 
Their victory was as lacking in substance as the beer they chose to drink. The AHCA does nothing to solve the health care crisis that Americans are facing under the disaster of the Affordable Care Act. It changes how mandates are done, passes out a lot of tax money to insurance companies, shifts burdens around by tax brackets, and puts Republican labels on failed Democratic policies. Replacing a penalty paid to the IRS with a penalty paid to insurance companies doesn't help the American people. The American people want real solutions to the spiraling costs of health care for themselves and their families, and the only Libertarian Party is suggesting real solutions. He goes on further to state, If the Congress wants to fix the health care crisis, they can grant the same tax incentives to individuals that are given to employer-purchased health care plans to remove the perverse incentive for health insurance to be tied to a particular job or employer. Remove government restrictions that prevent people from purchasing catastrophic insurance coverage while paying for routine health care expenses out of pocket. That will drive down costs for health care services as consumers are allowed to shop for the best prices. Allow health insurance to be sold across state lines and remove other government barriers to competition that keep prices high. And all federal laws and regulations that restrict use or that drive up the cost of drugs, medical supplies and equipment, and other health care products and services. This includes ending all regulatory powers of the Food and Drug Administration. Doing so will drive down the cost of drugs while accelerating the discovery of cures and treatments of debilitating diseases. These are some proposals that will give people more freedom to make the right health care choices for themselves and their family, improve health care outcomes, and reduce costs for all Americans. Passage of the AHCA is an example of the broken Washington culture that says, we have to do something, this is something, we have to do this. Health care is a very complex debate. It is an absolutely comprehensive, multifaceted debate that we have, that we have to have. Part of it starts with that whole, is it a right, is it a privilege, or is it a service? Now, it's not as easy as just saying, is it a right or is it a privilege? It's not a privilege to have to go and buy something. That's not a privilege. And a right is something guaranteed to you by nature. Not by a government, by nature. I think people confuse the term rights with guarantees and, and, and other things. I th I've said it a couple of times, and over the course of the next couple of days, I'm going to be banging my head on a wall because I'm going to start diving into some more of this American Health Care Act stuff as it gets ready to go before the Senate because, you know, some of it is concerning to me as a, as a, as a Delawarean, for example. I work for the state of Delaware kind of reluctantly, and our health care system in Delaware, Delaware provides a pretty comprehensive health care package, but the prices are, again, always increasing. And it doesn't help that Delaware is within itself. The state of Delaware itself is one of the top ten employers, employers in the state of Delaware, uh, a state that has a population of less than a million people. 
my health insurance over the past five years working has only steadily increased. Now, not to the point where I'm sitting here saying, like, I'm crippled, I can't do, like, anything, because all my money's sucked up. It's not just sucked up in healthcare. My money is mostly sucked up in taxes, in income taxes, which is a sad state of affairs if you have to work and, and, and have that much of your paycheck taken from you. I realize you can go tax-exempt for a little while, but I'm not pocketing all that money and then having the government tell me at the end what I owe them. I'd rather them take out what they're going to take out, be pissy about it, and then if they take out too much, get back what they what they took too much of. And taxes themselves are also a complicated, multifaceted, thousand page plus bill that's hardly ever debated that's hardly ever looked at that's hardly ever tried to be tackled by Washington part of my whole love of the idea of limiting government powers and what the government does is the fact that the government actually is at the core of screwing a lot of crap up okay to say that the government cares about you and they and that they could do no wrong look at flint michigan which at my last check still doesn't have clean water yeah the government's really efficient at doing its its job and making sure that people are taken care of yes i definitely want their hands in my health care your health care everybody's health care It was really interesting. I was listening to some certain analysis. I was listening. I listened to different analyses from different people because uh, I'm still formulating my own opinion. I'm in. A, I'm in a position right now where, like, probably the worst thing in in my health is my teeth. And I can tell you, I have dental insurance from the state of Delaware, and it does nothing. Because I still have yet to go get my teeth fixed because it's going to cost me thousands of dollars to get them fixed. I'm not sitting here crying for the government to come up with some program that I can buy into so that I can get it done for little to no cost to me directly. But needless to say, teeth are a big part of your overall health anyway. And I need to have, at this point, teeth removed and probably get at least partial false dentures to replace some because most of them are my molars. They're freaking jacked up. And obviously that's a pre-existing condition. Obviously. Is it because of choices I made growing up? It very well could be. It could be genetics. It could be a host of other things. Now, that's the other side of the debate. Pre-existing conditions. Now, there's a lot of false information going around around about the American Healthcare Act. Some of it's ridiculous, some of it's not so much. Um, one of the things that I'm surprised isn't reported on or is underreported on by a lot. And I mean a lot. of sources is that with the passage of this AHCA, 
there was false information going out about how the how the Congress voted to exempt themselves from the AHCA, which is actually it's false. It's the opposite of what happened. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And Mr. Speaker, I rise today in support of my bill, H.R. 2192, a measure that eliminates double standards by preventing members of Congress from being exempt from the state waiver provisions of the American Health Care Act as amended. Due to very arcane Senate procedural rules within the budget reconciliation process, the MacArthur Amendment to the American Health Care Act does not and cannot apply to members of Congress. To address this, I've introduced this simple, standalone two-page bill that would repeal the exemption for members of Congress should the American Health Care Act become law. In the military, the same code of conduct and standards apply to the entire chain of command. Now, in my role as a lawmaker, I believe that any law we pass applies to our constituents must also apply equally to members of Congress. Individuals who are stewards of public trust must abide by the rules that they make. My bill, H.R. 2192, will ensure that Congress abides by the laws they pass and are treated no differently than other hardworking Americans. Regardless of your vote on the AHCA, this is a bill that each and every single member of Congress should support. And Mr. Speaker, I yield back. That was Representative McSally introducing a provision that would take away any exemptions that uh, Congress and lawmakers would have should the AHCA get passed in the Senate. And it got voted through unanimously. And you can check whatever your favorite fact-checking website is. You can go there and they will break that down that the vote was indeed for lawmakers to lose the exemptions that they've already had. And I recall I recall that being talked about throughout the internet, kind of misinform kind of misinformed and misinformation that it was somehow going that they somehow voted in an exemption, an exemption for themselves, which is not what happened. But as I said, there's lots of information to digest. There's lots of different views and opinions to digest, and I'm going to get into that myself uh, painstakingly. I'm really looking forward to it. Not really. I'm not looking forward to it at all, but I'm going to do it anyway because I need a better understanding of this. You need a better understanding of this, and we all need to talk about this because healthcare is becoming a, a, a central focal point in our discussions. And I should state that when I say the health that, that when I say when the government shouldn't be involved in healthcare, it, it comes at a it comes from a place where I don't know. Everybody out there who's listening, I don't know everybody in this world. I don't know who needs what for their health care. I don't think the government is in a good position to be the central provider for it either. There's much more angles to that debate. And let me just share this from Steven Crowder real quick. But they don't care about the people who foot the bill. It's not that we don't care about sick people. It's that we care about the other Americans who have seen over a 20% year over year rise, projected to be at least 25% uh, in 2017 uh, as far as uh, premiums. It's that we care about those people. It's that we care about the families who are now seeing an average deductible of $12,000, $6,000 for an individual, which was unheard of before this. It's not that we don't care about sick people. It's that we care about everybody else who has to bear this burden. The economics of Obamacare have been horrible. That's why it's wildly unpopular. Not endorsing it, not saying I agree with it. Just another 
perspective for you to throw in there. My whole thing with this healthcare business is that how bad does it get? How do we control the costs? And part parts of me, I parts of me like the libertarian stuff. There's some balance out there that we have to find that doesn't obviously screw people over for pre-existing conditions. Doesn't screw people over who need chronic care. Doesn't screw people over who are perfectly healthy. I mean, I know, I realize it's life, and some of it is luck of the draw, and sometimes you're born with things, and sometimes you develop things, and you had no, you had no say in it. It was fate. I get all that. And nobody should be screwed over for that. So the question is, where is the delegate balance where everybody ends up happy? And that is just part of that's part of this interesting political world that we all live in and this nation that we live in. Where's the balance? Now, earlier I talked about the the police officer in Texas that shot a, a black teenager. And if you read into the stories of that, it is truly just baffling that this quote-unquote officer, Roy Oliver, would uh, shoot into a vehicle full of teenagers with his rifle. And mind you, the, the, the kid that he shot... It was in the head with his rifle. He was terminated from his department. An arrest warrant was issued. He turned himself in. But these are cases when they pop up, and I've talked with plenty of people in law enforcement. When we bring, when I bring this story up this past week, this one, we're all truly baffled. We're all sitting there like, how the hell can you do something like that with no justification whatsoever? There was no reason whatsoever for it to happen. And now this case has to have all eyes on it and justice needs to be served. If you don't serve justice in cases like this, where it seems pretty cut and dry that the officer... Murdered a teenager. This is why I say take everything on an individual basis. And nobody should just... There's no such thing in my book as just backing somebody up automatically. There there are things... There, there are fine lines all around. There's fine lines all around. But then there's just there's just blatantly... You can't support anything like that. You can't. You can't do that. You can't support that. Because I sincerely, I sincerely doubt any justifiable reason for it whatsoever. So eyes are going to be on the outcome of that case, but it's not looking good for that man. 
not officer anymore. He's fired. He's terminated. He's, he, and quite frankly, when you cross that line anyway, you lose your dignity, your respect, your humanity. That's right. I'm not going to sit here and talk about how I'm not going to sit here and talk about how this man doesn't deserve everything that's going to be coming to to him. Do you understand what I'm going for here? I'm not going to say that every single person is good or bad. I will base it on the individual. If that makes sense. Take a look into that case. For some... I don't even want to say interesting perspectives. It's just... I can't wrap my mind around it. If somebody can help me wrap my mind around it, please do. But I can't. On the same token, you have stories like the one I just read... uh, The other day... About uh, Penn State pledge Timothy Piazza. And this just, some of this is just stupid college fraternity bullcrap. Honestly, uh, this this kid apparently died with uh, uh, high, high levels of alcohol in his blood. Let me just break down the timelines for you from this article. Uh, apparently at 921 on February 2nd, Piazza is wearing khakis and a button-down shirt and a sports jacket. It's a required uniform for pledges of beta, thi, beta Theta Pi to wear. And he was about to run something called the Gauntlet, something part of the uh, fraternity's initiation rules. Piazza was drinking vodka and beer, and an hour later needed help walking from an area in the basement stairs to the couch, staggering hunched over. At about 10.45... He's drunkenly staggering towards the basement steps. He's found at the bottom of the steps, falling face first. Four frat brothers carried his limp body back upstairs where some poured liquid on him. And another slapped him three times in the face. At another point, one fraternity brother tackled another, landing on top of Piazza. One time when Piazza rolled off the couch, three fraternity brothers picked him up and slammed him on the couch, according to a grand jury report. Essentially... This is a story of why public drunkenness is a bad idea, yet at the same token you have a bunch of other drunk people doing stupid things that ended up in the death of a guy who bled out. Lacerations to his spleen. Where where did it say this here? Hold on one second. Uh, multiple, first off, he suffered multiple traumatic brain injuries, including a fractured skull and a lacerated spleen the latter which resulted in 80% of his blood supply in his abdominal cavity. They're charging 18 brothers from Beta Theta Pi fraternity in the death of Timothy Piazza, eight are facing manslaughter charges. And I don't even really know how to how to expound on that case. There, there, I mean, there's a lot of... What is, what is the thing with college people and fraternities and getting drunk and doing stupid shit? 
there's a level of personal responsibility, I guess, but at the same token, you can't overlook the fact that uh, of all this other stuff that's caught on footage. Or at least partially caught on footage. His blood alcohol content when he fell down the steps was between 0.28 and 0.36%. They speculate. That's a lot of alcohol. It's an insane story. Look it up online. I could go into the Stephen Colbert bit. There, The, the internet blew up about Stephen Colbert and his rant against Donald Trump. But I, I can't touch that because we all know that... We all know that Stephen Colbert, Stephen Colbert, my bad, Stephen Colbert, I'm not, I'm not drunk, I'm not, it is my day off, but I'm not drunk, Stephen Colbert, everybody knows he's a funny man, he's a comedian, he has a shtick, he's a guy on TV doing a, a, a routine and all that, how can you blow up about him? Going on a tirade about Donald Trump, and why go to the comparisons about, uh, you know, if we did this against Obama, we'd be eviscerated, and yada, yada, yada. Why even bother? There is some credence to that whole, hey, if this was said about Obama, it would be terrible, but it's the comedy world. Leave it the hell alone. And for all intents and purposes, it wasn't very funny either. It was too overbloated and overblown, and, and, and it just wasn't funny, but... That's beside the point. Anyway, I am checking out. It's been 45 minutes. It's 10 a.m. I need to go to the bathroom. I need to get suited up. I need to take my bike around the block. And then I got to start diving into this American Health Care Act stuff. And I, I'm loathing it. I am really loathing it. So, guys, thanks for listening, number one. Number two, comment, like, social media. Do that, do that jazz and share it. I really want to spur a talk on this healthcare bit, though. I really do, because I need some more perspectives. It's hard for me to dive into it, because, listen, I don't like pure emotional arguments. Pure emotional arguments, yes, you do need emotion in an argument, but I don't like pure emotional arguments, and at the same token, I kind of do. I can relate to some things. And... Some things I can't relate to. Let's spur a conversation with that. Anyway, that's it for me. Guys, tune in next week. Please keep checking out fritzcast.wordpress.com. That is my blog site. I am uh, more actively going on there for even deeper thoughts and bloggings. And I hope to keep that rolling too. I'll see you next week. Love, peace, no playout music. We're just going to end right now. Bye.